Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. No, you've not wandered into a Polish pub. This is X at your service. Brad Young with you here this evening. And I'm going to bring on Matt Pajeski because last week we talked about your Easter tradition involving crack hour. Now, many people may not know what crack hour is. Tell us what's crack hour. It is just a delicious type of deli meat. And we were talking about it off air. I think the best way to, to describe it would be a type of salami or, uh, or cured ham. Uh, I had almost compared it to venison, but it's a little different than that. You just have to try it to, to, to uh, fully understand the beauty of it yourself. Well, and, and this is the funny thing because there's a schnooks right by my house and I went to the schnooks and I asked, I went there twice just to get crack hour. And the first time I went there, I asked a guy who was working around in the deli department. He didn't know what I was talking about. He said, no, we don't have it. And then I went back a different time. I talked to the deli manager. He said, we don't carry that at this store, but if you'll go to the DePair store, you can get this crack hour Again, which is a, a kind of a, a meat or a salami. It's got it's a Polish tradition. So before I could get down to the schnooks in De Pere, Matt Pajeski, bring, this is amazing. Tonight he brings in crack hour, and I got Ritz crackers. I've got pepper jack cheese. I mean, this is a feast. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. I like to I like to treat my friends, Brad. And so I, I want to spread the word about about the Polish. Traditions and uh, about this great meat that we are sharing. Well, you right know now. what's really funny is I got uh, I got two emails this week because we and I were talking about Easter traditions last week. I got two emails la- this week from folks talking about that egg egg butting is egg what we call butting, it. Yeah. right? Egg tapping. Egg tapping. I got, I got two people emailed me about that just this week and said they grew up and did the exact same thing. Wow! So it's it's apparently pretty common. But I'm trying this, and you know it's not good radio to eat <laughs> on the radio, and I get that. But I gotta try this because it is really good, and I'll spare you eating into the microphone. I just wanted to let you know I'm trying this crack hour. It's excellent. It's it's the consistency of like ham, like a like a thinly sliced ham, but unlike ham that's just kind of there that you got to put stuff on it like mustard and all these other things. This is amazingly seasoned. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever had it like on a sandwich. It's just great 
with small little slices that fit on the Ritz crackers. You put a little slice of cheese on it, and it's a great snack food. I would never, and I guess you could, but I, I've never had it on a sandwich mm-hmm. and would eat it like a roast beef or a turkey or anything, but it's just great in little snack sizes. Well, snack sizes are, are really big at the young household oh, yeah. right now because my youngest daughter is in college. We don't, have to, we don't want to fix a big meal, particularly if we go out to eat for lunch or something. So this is the kind of stuff that's going to be served at the young household now on a regular basis. Even though we're not Polish, doesn't matter. Uh, and But I've got some good – got a good friend of mine that his wife is from Poland. And she's got a very strong accent. She was born in Poland. She was raised in Poland. She came here in the 80s when she was a teenager. And we get together with them every now and again for dinner. And the first thing I'm going to tell her when I see her next is – Hey, I had some crack hour the other day. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the hit. She'll be impressed. She'll be very impressed. And, um, yeah, to me it's just it's a great food, and it it's synonymous with the holidays and being around family because that's when I have it. I have it around Easter, have it around Christmas Eve. Those are the two times where my family and I will indulge in the the magic of, of the crack hour. So I'm, glad, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you're uh, going to start your own traditions. Oh, yeah. But isn't that interesting because – if you think about the way we develop traditions, we, we have food that has a certain flavor, smell, texture, taste. And when we get together with friends and we eat these kinds of foods during celebrations like Easter, some folks for Passover, uh, could be Seder, other events, Christmas, it, it all accentuates that that holiday because it involves all of our senses and emotions. It involves not just our our feelings of love and friendship and kinship and community with folks who we know and love, but then we get to enjoy the food that simply accentuates those otherwise good feelings. I mean, to me, that's a recipe for a, a good time. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we will be we will definitely be uh, having this more at the young household, my friend. And uh, thank you for bringing this in during the break. I'm not going to eat it into the microphone, but during the breaks. If you if you text in and I'm delaying and getting back to you, it's because I'm eating crack hour, uh, pepper jack cheese and Ritz crackers. You're gonna be an honorary Polak, Brad. I will, and I don't. I'll, I will. I'm adopting you into my culture. I will wear that uh, loud and proud. It's not a problem in any way. Hey, we're gonna take a break. When we come back from this break, I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one, there have been hearings about the origin of COVID. We're not hearing anything about those hearings. Uh, it's not getting covered. I'm going to break down for you four things that we learned from the hearings. But also, before the end of the show tonight, I hope to get to topics involving a community college student who was suspended for simply quoting the Bible. He wasn't harassing. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't threatening. But he was simply quoting the Bible. And this is in the United States, in New Jersey. He was suspended from college doing no more than quoting the Bible. Is that right? Can you do that in America? Can you be punished for simply expressing your religious opinions in an open environment? We're going to cover all these things and more here on At Your Service, X. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. back to at your service and uh it's like it's like all polish night here on at your service on camel x and off air matt you were telling me and i know we got some folks calling in but you were telling me uh that uh, that you went to poland yeah so uh this goes back to 2019 i studied abroad in austria actually uh through webster university and uh during one spring break my uh my family came up to visit me in austria and uh, my uncles took me to Poland. We went to Krakow, Poland, mm-hmm. which is where uh, the Krakow meat comes from. It's the uh, the namesake there. We went to Auschwitz, which was a, mm. a very very scary but uh, impactful uh, excursion. And really, I can't it, imagine. It's just it's not a country that you hear about a lot. If you're thinking Europe, you think Italy and you know Paris, France, and run you know all the major attractions. But Poland is really underrated. It's very beautiful. It's got the old history, just like all the like all the other countries do. Beautiful architecture. I I couldn't I couldn't you know uh, I couldn't rate it any higher. It's just it was fantastic, and I had the personal connection to it, so it made it all the better for me. That's great. Hey Matt, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I know we've got some folks who are calling in here as well, but uh, before this this segment gets away. One of the topics that I am hopefully going to get into as the show unfolds this evening is uh, my good friend, John Davis. He's a criminal defense attorney, former judge, former U.S. prosecuting attorney. Uh, it's called a U.S. attorney, assistant U.S. attorney. And he's a criminal defense attorney. And we were supposed to talk last hour. He got stuck on a plane. He texted me, uh, you know, when he lands in Denver, he's going to be able to call in and we can talk to him. But I wanted to talk about... And I'm going to save the topic to talk about it with him. But one of the things that that everyone is overlooking when it comes to this Kim Gardner situation is how this impacts the accused. You know, until you're convicted of a crime, you have all the rights of, of of an innocent person. And yet with Kim Gardner's failure to prosecute crime, failure to honor requests for speedy trials, Failure to provide discovery requests. That means like exculpatory evidence. If the prosecutors have evidence that someone is innocent, they're required to turn that over. And because this office is simply dysfunctional, even if people are falsely accused, 
even if they're correctly accused, defendants still have a right. They have a right under the Constitution for a speedy trial, for a fair proceeding, for not being stuck in prison for a year and a half because the prosecuting attorney's office or the circuit attorney's office can't get their act together to even get someone to court on the day of your trial. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. And it is a violation of the rights, not just of those who are the the victims of crime, but it's a violation of the rights of those who are accused of a crime. And speaking of the victims, think about under Missouri law. There is a Missouri requirement that victims be kept in up, uh, be kept informed rather, and up to date when it comes to the status of prosecution of criminals or alleged criminals who have harmed them. And yet Kim Gardner's office fails to do that over and over and over again. What about their rights? What about their rights as victims to be kept informed? If, if there's going to be a criminal that's released because of some bureaucratic snafu, they could come and do that crime all over again. Someone who's been raped, someone who's been assaulted, and they have to live in fear not knowing whether this person is going to be prosecuted or not or released because of, of, in essence, legal malfeasance. They have rights, too. And yet, who's speaking up for the victims? Who's speaking up for the accused? Who's speaking up for their rights who are being violated because of Kim Gardner's failure to do her job? No one's talking about those issues. So as soon as John Davis lands, gets on the ground, we're going to talk to John uh, from Denver about his perspective as a criminal defense attorney and how these other stories simply are not being told. Speaking of stories that aren't being told, one of my pet peeves, and you've heard me talk about this many times, is how the U.S. government simply ignored evidence that the coronavirus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. Completely ignored this. And so the Republicans have had a hearing on this. There was hearings this week. We got some major, major information from these hearings. And all you're hearing, pardon the pun, from the mainstream media is crickets. Crickets. You're not hearing anything about this. And it's outrageous. But four, I'm just going to mention four of the things that we've heard from these hearings so far. And to me, they're astounding. First of all, the head of the U.S. intelligence agencies under uh, President Trump, he testified, John Ratcliffe. He testified about the information that he had at the very beginning of COVID. This is what he said, and I'm quoting. My informed assessment as a person with as much or more access than anyone to our government's intelligence during the initial year of the virus outbreak and pandemic outset has been and continues to be that a lab leak is the only explanation credibly supported by our intelligence, by science, and by common sense. That's what John Ratcliffe said. Where did you see that reported? Where did you see that story covered? And don't you think that's important for us to know how this happened? It is vitally important because when is the next one going to come along? And that's something that came out of this, out of this hearing as well. But what's interesting about what John Ratcliffe said is that he basically stated that the, the politics influence the intelligence community. 
And this is something that I really struggle with. I really struggle with this. And John Ratcliffe gave us an answer to this from an inside, like an inside baseball perspective. But I struggle with this idea that why, why would like Dr. Fauci or why would the left in this country, the scientists in this country, suppress the truth of the idea that this did not come from nature, that it could not come from natural causes, and the 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 greatest explanation of where COVID came from, from a science perspective and from an intelligence perspective, is it came from a lab leak. Why couldn't we discuss that? Why couldn't we pose that as a question? Why couldn't we investigate that? We were prevented from doing that. So we were prevented from finding out the truth for what political reason. And the only reason that I've heard is, well, there's the chance that Asian Americans could be discriminated against if this comes from China. But whoever discriminates against Asian Americans, they're wrong for doing that. They should be punished. They should be prosecuted. They should be ostracized, criticized, and otherwise handled for what they do. But we don't suppress the truth of the greatest plague to hit the planet in the last 100 years out of some vague concern about what could happen to Asian Americans. I don't really understand that. But what's interesting is, is that John Radcliffe did get to did get to some of the of the bottom of this particular question, because the second thing that came out of this this uh, hearing is that we see really a how-to manual on how to orchestrate a cover-up. And John Radcliffe and others, including uh, Chairman James Comer of the House Oversight and Accountability Chairman, he described and presented witnesses who talked about how scientists were completely told to not express those opinions. They were pressured into not expressing opinions that disagreed with Dr. Fauci. They were pressured, and they've testified, and now they're coming forward and explaining how they were pressured to hide the truth. And it's just, it's just uh, unconscionable that we would hide this truth of where this plague comes from simply because of pressure from one guy, one guy, Dr. Fauci. The third thing that came out of this, I believe, is that the committee— basically told the Chinese government, your intimidation tactics will not work. What do I mean by that? Well, the Chinese ambassador to the United States made it very clear that we should not be exploring whether this lab leak came from Wuhan, China. Made it very clear. And so the chairman of the House Select Committee stated publicly, that he's going to send a letter to the Chinese ambassador telling the Chinese government to stop trying to intimidate and obstruct a congressional investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Stop doing it. And to me, I'm glad. We, we need to stop kowtowing to the Chinese government on every issue. Last time I checked, China does not have sovereignty over the United States, even though we learned this week that China has been establishing police stations within this country to enforce Chinese law against Chinese citizens within the United States of America. That's outrageous. It's illegal. And that should be people should that should make us angry that our national sovereignty has been violated. And once again, 
people kind of yawn and say, what kind of stupid stuff did Donald Trump say today? And it just drives me crazy. But the fourth and I think the greatest issue, point of concern that came from this committee meeting is this. We had witnesses testifying that this idea of a man-made virus, of a virus that's called gain-of-function, the United States government gave $600,000 ultimately to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in order to make viruses stronger and more lethal so they could test ways to kill them. That's called gain-of-function. And the, the absolute number one theory on where COVID came from was it was the result of this gain-of-function experimentation. So your tax dollars, if you pay taxes, your tax dollars went to develop COVID-19 virus. How does that make you feel? And don't you think we should know about it? Shouldn't we know whether our government funded the greatest plague that's hit the planet in 100 years? Shouldn't we know exactly how our tax dollars were used? Of course we should. But the issue is even greater than that. Because at these hearings, this idea of man-made viruses creating and tinkering and making viruses exponentially more lethal, this idea called gain-of-function could be what's called a Hiroshima event. What do I mean by Hiroshima event? Well, of course, Hiroshima is the city that was destroyed by nuclear bombs in China, I mean, in Japan to end World War II. But this idea that one weapon that could literally destroy humanity, nuclear weapons, look how much the left is concerned about nuclear weapons. But there's actually more controls over nuclear weapons than there are over gain-of-function viruses. And if one virus can get out, expose the planet, and kill millions of people, how is that any different than a nuclear weapon that's targeted at a city? How is it any different? And in fact, nuclear weapons have more controls in place. It takes more people to make a decision to release a nuclear weapon. It takes more logistics, more controls, more accountability, even in Russia, to launch a nuclear weapon than it does for one guy in the Wuhan Virus Institute to release a gain-of-function virus into the wet lab two blocks from the from the uh, Institute of Virology. One guy can make that release what is, in essence, a biological nuclear weapon. And suddenly no one's really concerned about it because only the Republicans are looking into it. I truly, truly don't understand that. And my hope is that this will gain traction as more information comes out. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this idea, should should a person be suspended from college for quoting the Bible? What do you think? 314-436-7900. At your service. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
We all know about free speech in this country, right? The bedrock of the First Amendment isn't just political speech, but it's also religious speech. If you if you read documents, I love reading what's called the Federalist Papers and even the Anti-Federalist Papers, the documents that explained and made the arguments for our uh, initial Constitution and why the Bill of Rights were necessary and the concepts and the ideas behind the Bill of Rights. So go read those sometime. They're, they're, they're excellent reading. But reading through there, what became what becomes crystal clear is that the First Amendment wasn't just about political speech, although certainly it's protected, but it also included religious speech. So here we have this college. It's called the County College of Morris County, which is in New Jersey. Small community college. And at this college, there was a, a particular uh, individual, and he was reading the Bible. And his, his name is uh, his name is Celefino. That's his last name. And as he was reading the Bible, he he started getting complaints because some of the stuff that he was reading wasn't shouting, wasn't screaming, wasn't accosting people. He was simply reading the Bible. <clears throat> publicly, he was reading the Bible, hoping that people would hear it. And as he's doing that, he was reading through some passages of Scripture that talk about condemning homosexuality or that homosexuality is sinful behavior. And as he was reading that, people started to go and complain. And so finally, the dean of students, Janique Caffey, she sent a letter to uh, Mr. Cefalino and said that he was not allowed on campus. He was being suspended from being on campus. But this is what I think is fascinating. This is what she said in the letter. You could return to campus, and I'm quoting, for any lawful purpose, unquote. As if the First Amendment to the Constitution does not exist. So if you are expressing a religious opinion that you happen to disagree with, that is not a lawful purpose. That's the quintessential lawful purpose. And yet he was kicked off of campus and suspended from school. So I was really shocked that this dean of students actually had the gall, the chutzpah, the intestinal fortitude to put that in writing because it specifically acknowledges and proves that he's being discriminated against. It's content-based discrimination. Under the law, content-based discrimination means you're being censored, not just for speaking, but for what you're speaking. So let me contrast that with you for, and give you an example. Right now, there's a lot of discussion about banning TikTok. Banning TikTok is not content-based censorship. It doesn't matter if you get on TikTok and talk about you're a Republican, talk about you're a Democrat, talk about you're a furry. Okay, it doesn't matter what you want to talk about or what kind of silly dance moves you want to do on on TikTok. If TikTok gets banned, it's it's banning the platform, not your right to speak, and it's not content-based censorship. But here, not only is he being excluded, this uh, uh, Mr. Celefino is being excluded from campus, 
but he's being suspended. So he's losing the right to attend college because of the content of his speech. Now, what's uh, also interesting about this is, is that, think about what colleges, how are colleges funded? Federal money. So here's a recipient, even if it's a private institution, uh, unless you're Hillsdale College, which refuses to accept any federal money, unless you're that, you accept tons, universities accept tons of federal money. If this county college or this community college in New Jersey is like any other community college, it probably is is receiving direct funding from government entities, and it's probably enforcing government policies. And so in essence, here we have an arm of the federal government. It's an agency that operates by federal funding is discriminating against someone for the content of their faith-based speech. And the punishment for that faith-based speech is you being not only excluded from campus, but you being suspended and you cannot continue your studies at that campus. And then you're told by the dean of students that you can only come back on campus for, and I quote, any lawful purpose, as if reading the Bible isn't lawful. And folks, this isn't just about Christianity. I would have the exact same position if this person were reading the Quran, I mean, I, I'm a Christian. I don't. I'm I'm public about that. Uh, but this isn't simply advocating for someone who's a Christian. This is advocating for a legal right that you have, that I have, that we all have, to voice our religious speech. But see, that's the where the problem comes in, because on a college campus, if the person were reading from the Quran. No one would say anything. People are executed in Muslim countries for being homosexual. It's against the law in most in most Muslim countries to be homosexual. The United States has the freest open laws anywhere when it comes to homosexuality. And yet, if someone were reading from the Quran, do you really think they would be being kicked off campus? No, they wouldn't. You know the answer to that. They would not be kicked off of campus. But if you dare read from the Bible and dare try to profess that you have a Christian faith set, now you're being kicked off campus. So this, of course, uh, has generated a lawsuit. Uh, Mr. Salafino is represented by counsel. He's suing the university. And I can tell you exactly how this lawsuit will end. Because once the attorneys for this community college look at this, they're going to instantly know this is indefensible. For weeks, right here on this show and also on uh, on uh, Total Information AM, I've said publicly and with, with no reservation that the Fox lawsuit filed by Dominion would settle. I was 100% confident that it would settle, and I've expressed that opinion publicly. How could I be so certain? Because... Fox could not risk going to trial because they had uh, almost no chance of winning. So they had to settle the case. And when you look at this case with the student who's reading from the Bible, he's not accosting anyone. He's not attacking anyone. He's simply reading from the Bible. But to many of the left today, expressing a Christian belief is equates to hate speech. And that's not just me saying that. That's 
oh, Brad, it's hyperbole. What are you doing? Nobody, that's not really what's going on here. Well, look at what the words of the dean of students. She basically, no, she didn't basically, I'm quoting. She said, you can return for any lawful purpose. So in her mind, reading from the Bible was not lawful. Reading from the Bible, let me put it in other words here. Reading from the Bible publicly is illegal. You cannot do that. And if you agree to stop doing that, we'll let you back on campus for any lawful purpose. But if you engage in that illegal, unlawful activity of reading from the Bible, we're going to continue to keep you off campus. And folks, this case will settle much faster than the Fox case. Because as soon as the legal team looks at this, they're going to know that's indefensible, it's wrong, it's blatantly illegal and unlawful, and they've got no opportunity to win that case because he is being censored for a content-based communication, and he's censored by an agency that receives government funding from the U.S. government and the state government, all of which are bound by the 14th Amendment right to due process and the First Amendment right of freedom of speech. So when you put all that in a blender, this case will settle. But why are they even happening? Why are they even happening? You don't see colleges kicking students off for being Jewish. You don't see colleges kicking out students for being Muslim. Why are colleges kicking out students for being Christians? Got to ask yourself that question because there's really only one answer. It's because they are Christians. Brad Young, hey, we're going to have to take a break here. we got the next segment coming up. Do you think that's right? Should college campuses be able to kick people off for expressing a Christian faith-based opinion? Or should they be sued and held accountable? What do you think? 314-436-7900 on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Thanks for sticking around with us tonight here on At Your Service. Brad Young in with you until 10. Make sure you stick around. We've got the best of Dave Glover coming up at 10 o'clock here on Camo X. And when when I'm talking about religious liberty, it's interesting that this is not an isolated event because the Supreme Court this week has held oral arguments on a case involving the post office. And so this is an issue that's being litigated. Uh, And I'm glad it's being litigated because people always make fun of attorneys and they always love to quote that Shakespeare quote. And I love this when people say this to me. First thing we do is kill all the lawyers. I love hearing that. Now, why do I love hearing that? Because if you look at the quote in context, Shakespeare is actually saying, if you want to eliminate freedom, the first thing you do is kill all the lawyers. So it's really a compliment Because it says, if you want to maintain freedom, then you keep the lawyers alive. And the only way that you destroy freedom is to kill all the lawyers. So I'm sidetracking myself, which isn't uncommon. But uh, but the the U.S. Postal Service, this is a fantastic case. It's called Groff versus versus DeJoy. And you can follow this. It's at the U.S. Supreme Court this week. And here's essentially what happened. The plaintiff here worked on Sundays. He's a, he's a mail carrier. His name is Gerald Groff. He's from Pennsylvania. He's a Christian, and he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a member of the union. He's been working at the post office for years and years and years. And he wanted Sundays off 
to go to church. And the post office said, for a very long time, we'll accommodate you. We'll, we'll train people. We'll have other people who don't care about going to church work for you on Sunday, and then you can make up those shifts at a later time. So since employment law is, is what I do during the day. So using employment law terminology, the post office made an accommodation for him. But after a, a long extended period of time, the post office basically said, you know what, this is a hardship for us. We're, we're, we're not, we're not going to accommodate you anymore just because you want off on Sundays to go to church. We're not going to accommodate you. And so therefore, Mr. Groff, either work on Sunday or you're fired. That's where it is. And so he hired an attorney, filed a lawsuit under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And the Civil Rights Act, if you look at it, it was, it was passed in the Johnson administration, and it specifically requires employers to accommodate religious to accommodate workers' religious beliefs when it does not pose a, quote, undue hardship, unquote. So that's the standard. You have to accommodate the religious beliefs unless it becomes an undue hardship. So the question has always been, what does it mean to, to rise to the level of an undue hardship? And so in the context of employment law, when I'm talking to employers— and they're dealing with injured workers who get light-duty work releases, I have to tell employers, look, if you're going to bring people back to work on light duty, you've, you can only do it for a temporary period of time. Because if you, if you bring someone back on light duty, you have them counting the pencils, answering the phones, separating the paper clips, you know, those kind of jobs. If you have them do that for very long, then what you're doing legally is you're saying we can accommodate this job on a permanent basis. In other words, this is not an undue hardship because we made it work for this employee and this employee and this employee. And once you demonstrate that it's not an undue hardship, then people can come and say, well, if you can do this for an extended period of time, I want you to accommodate me for this on a permanent basis. Well, that's the, that's the quandary that the post office is in. So their position for Months and months and months has been, we'll accommodate you, Mr. Groff, if you want to go to church on Sunday, we'll we'll handle that, and we'll have other people work. We've got other employees. We'll have them work on Sundays. You fill in for them on another day. They can take off work. It's all working. But after doing this for an extended period of time, the post office says, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going we're gonna to cancel this stamp and say, nope, we can't accommodate this anymore. It's an undue hardship. Now, one of the clues, if you want to get a clue as to how the Supreme Court works, here's the clue. If the lower courts have ruled a certain way, courts, the Supreme Court generally won't take the case unless four members of the Supreme Court want that reversed. That's called the, the writ of certiari. And so if you look at the lower court decision, the lower court decision upheld for the Postal Service and said this was, in fact, an undue hardship. So the mere fact that the Supreme Court has decided to take this case tells you that at least four members of the Supreme Court want to overturn it. But if you think about it, shouldn't we be standing up for religious liberty? Just like I talked about in the last segment, whether it's a Muslim or a, a Jewish person or whatever faith, 
We have to make accommodations for those because it's the right thing to do and it's the legal thing to do. But somehow, if they're a Christian, we don't really want to make those types of accommodations. Get your rear end here at work and work on Sundays, even though that's the day Christians are called to worship with fellow believers. Get your carcass in here. We don't care. (laughs) You cannot do that legally. Hey, stick around. Dave Glover coming up next. Brad Young, I will see you next week on X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Listen to every MLB game live The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone Stream minor league affiliates The Midwest League home run leader And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.